You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's John DePietro weekdays. We start at 11, we go till 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining me right now, folks, he covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, I want to start off, if you don't mind, and you have such a great headline, how Rhode Island is kind of solving its big budget problem. It is a big budget problem. How much remains unknown? And as far as what you've been able to learn, what what is the plan here? Yeah, so the big thing to know is a lot john uh you know essentially what has happened is the state has you know kind of kicked the can for for reasonable purposes but has kicked the can down the at least another month because what they did was they're they're doing what's called a supplemental budget Uh, the whole idea is just to you know balance it for the rest of the current year which ends june 30th not December 31st, like normal people. Um, and so what, they, what they're doing on the, the, in the very short term is they're going to take some money out of the rainy day fund. You know, they've got an influx of federal funds that, uh, you know, at least part of which can be used, uh, you know, for their, for their budget purposes. The big question, though, is you're staring at another roughly $600 million hole um, that can really only be closed, at least in the eyes of many people in state government, uh, certainly the governor and the speaker and the Senate president, uh, by another round of stimulus from Congress. And because we don't know where that stands just yet, uh, basically what what lawmakers are doing is they're saying, we're going to immediately close the current budget hole, which is not that bad, a couple of hundred million dollars. And then we're going to come back in July and try to uh, you know, figure this out. We're you know while crossing our fingers that this that that Congress is going to essentially pick up the tab, or the, or the federal government will pick up the tab. Dan, when we're sitting at those briefings, and Governor Raimondo said she is confident she feels there'll be a second stimulus. However, if that does not happen, she does not seem the governor does not hide or in any way try to pretend that this would not be absolutely devastating to the state. Well, think about this, John. So the, the key, you know, at the end of the day, these, these big giant numbers, you know, this, this supplemental budget is going to be $11.8 billion. Really, at the end of the day, the, the question that anyone listening and any readers of mine have is, how does this hit my wallet? And you say, well, right now, we don't know. And, and certainly it, it would appear as though, uh, you know, there's nothing imminent. But remember, when the governor says, uh, you know, we're gonna, uh, w- you know, this could, this could hit everybody, this could hit every facet of the budget. What that really means is cities and towns could potentially take it on the chin. Because if you cut yep. state aid to cities and towns, 
cities and towns are so reliant on it. And where do they get their money from? Yep. Property taxes, right? And so that's the pocketbook problem, right? That's what real people would face. It's, it's the property taxes. It's, you know, if you're a business, it's what your commercial property tax is. Um, you know, potentially the car tax gets changed a little bit and that could, you know, eventually hurt you. So I mean, that's where this really could uh, become a, a major problem. Now, remember, there are systems in place that prevent the state from, you know, or, or cities and towns from really, you know, you're not going to see a 20% increase in your tax bill, things like that. But, you know, if you end up with a couple hundred million shortfall, even after getting some federal money, you can bet a couple of things that will get cut. Uh, you know, potentially education funding will get cut. That money that goes to cities and towns, you know, in Providence's case, you know, half of Providence's budget, a little under half of Providence's budget does come yep. from the state of Rhode Island. Think about cent Central Falls. All of the school money comes from the state government. So, you know, these these can be real problems. Um, and so, you know, it, the other thing, remember, is, is all these cities and towns are passing their budgets right now. And so they're doing it almost in the dark while they wait for the state to get its act together. And of course, the, you know, Congress to do what it's doing. So uh, there, there's just so many unknowns. And you can see that, John, you're there every day. The governor or ever now Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I mean, the governor doesn't have a lot of answers other than Boy, I really hope that Congress mm. comes through for us. Um, folks, it's John DePetro speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Speaking of the briefing, Dan, you did ask the governor point blank about the fact that um, that was uh, that was pretty um, impressive that over the weekend, New York Times, again, her name gets floated. I'd like to know, and just to set the stage of how she was mentioned as far as being vetted with the Biden people and what what do you make of her? of her answer. Do you think it's possible that she could shed more light or do you get the sense that that's just going to be the standard answer that we're going to receive all the way along? I mean, if I could have asked, so the way that, you know, that question played out, right. You, you ask the original question, Hey, the New York times says you're on the list. Are you, she gives her, you know, token answer. Then you say, wait a minute, that, that that's not what the New York times says. And she said, you know, I'm not going to say anything further. If I could have asked one more question, it would have been, you have the opportunity right now on, on television to say, I'm not going to be a candidate. I don't right. want to be the vice president. You know, wh where do you stand on that? And of course, you know, the reason she wouldn't say anything on that is, of course, she would, anybody, any powerful Democrat would be flattered to be, you know, oh potentially God. in the running. And so I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't blame her in any way for that. But I do think I think it's a sign. Look, you know, this is inside baseball, but the reporters who, who wrote that story for The New York Times uh, have long talked to Governor Raimondo for many years now. Uh, she is a, uh, a source an on the record source, not an off the record source necessarily, but she definitely knows those reporters. Uh, it would not be stunning to me at all if she had direct oh. contact with them as opposed to, you know, one of these things, of, you know, of who sources close to the governor, you know, the governor talks to the New York times. She talks directly to them. And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'll go one further for you, John, I actually, and I have a story coming out very shortly about, uh, I, I talked to a handful of really powerful Democrats in this country, David Axelrod, who was, you know, one of the architects of uh, yes. president Obama's campaign says he would, he wouldn't be surprised if governor Raimondo, uh, you know, is a, uh, you know, is potentially on the short list. Now, there are, there's lots of reasons to, uh, you know, look at a variety of candidates. But, you know, as a governor who's won statewide a couple of times, she, you know, is a senior Democrat when it comes to uh, Democratic governors. Uh, you know, he, he says she, it's not crazy that she could potentially be, uh, you know, uh, on that short list. Does it mean she's going to be the, the, the candidate? Probably not. I don't think anybody, you know, would put her first in line. But I do think this is more of a sign that that she is, uh, you know, it, it isn't crazy that she would be at least considered. That's an excellent the job. point. Axel Radoso, she was on his podcast. You remember, he's a very popular podcast, and I think she was a guest on that. That's right. And what a lot of people don't understand would be her visibility was raised tremendously when she was the chair of the national Democrat governor association last year, she raised a lot of money right. for it. Um, and on top of that, she has seen her approval rating shoot up. So 
Listen, it's a good position to be in. If, if you're Governor Mundo, who is very impressive, has great political skills, is 5-0, and oh, knows how to network, knows how to raise money, um, I think she has elevated herself in every way through this whole thing by, you know, just the, the day in, day out of the briefings and the way she handles. And I think she's gotten so much better with the media. Um, why not mm-hmm. be in the conversation, float it out there? And then at the very least, you know, maybe you're not chosen. I mean, he is going to choose a woman. But at the very least, if, in fact, Vice President Biden got elected, you certainly are in a position to then be part of the cabinet. Not to mention, you go you go through this process and, you know, I, I actually, so a couple of people that I've talked to for, for this story I'm working on, I talked to David Axrath, also talked yes. to Tad Devine, who you know, who has... Big time. He's been around for a long time, very good friend with Joe Palino, big political uh, advisor. Yep. For a long time. And get the, I, was, I was trying to get the, uh, I was trying to get the picture of how it works, right? How does, how does the vetting process work? And, you know, it's extensive. But if you go through it, and they do it with more than one person, right? The, the, the whole idea is you do it with a, with a bunch of people. Yes. You got to go deep into their background, into their financial history, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not just, you know, how you vote or, or, you know, pension reform was tough. No, this is about your taxes, you know, anything, skeletons in the closet that people don't even know about, they go through. And, and, and so if you do it now, if you go through this process now, you know, who knows, maybe you come up short, maybe you're, you're not the person, but yes. now you've already done it. Now, yep. you know, four years from now, you're, you're still, you could potentially be on the radar for something. You, you're already, you know, if you're cleared, you're already cleared and kind of vetted. Um, you know, I think it, there is something to be said about sort of going through that process. And one of the things that I found interesting, because I think you and I, John, and I think a lot of listeners out there would say, well, it's Rhode Island. You know, what what purpose does the, the, would she have on any sort of ticket? Doesn't she bring any value? Both Axelrod and Divine acknowledge that, yes, sometimes politics is the thing that takes over and you're trying to fill a hole or you're trying to, you know, kind of check a box on things. But they, they said, look, look at the history. It's not crazy. Someone like John Edwards yep. kind of came from out of nowhere. Uh, uh, you know, there, there's plenty of, uh, of, of folks, you know, uh, Mike Dukakis's, uh, uh, vice presidential nominee was Lloyd yeah. Benson kind of came from out of nowhere to, to be a, you know, a player there. So it isn't crazy to, you know, to come from obscurity from little Rhode Island to be able to do this again, you know, temperate, right. It's, it, it's not likely nobody would say that she's number one, but I think you're right. I think she's, I think she's, uh, she already had the pedigree. She already had the national attention. And now I think folks are saying, wait, she seems to be getting really high marks for how she's handling the, the coronavirus. Maybe I agree she's with worth that, Dan McGowan. Look. And at the same time, I know in the past, you know, it was you're going to pick someone who could deliver a big state. You go to Kennedy and LBJ. But it was really Bill Clinton and Al Gore that kind of set the stage of it's more of a partnership. And uh, you look for more of something like that. Right. Then you have like the John McCain. That was a wild, uh, extreme choice that actually hurt him with Sarah Palin. But as much as they're both from the Northeast, they are both moderates. I don't know how the base might react right now, especially there's such seemingly a desire to choose a woman of color. But you don't know how the rest of them are going to bet out. And, right. you know, right now, as far as if it's Governor Amundo or against Senator Elizabeth Warren, I, I think, you know, the governors are the ones that have really drawn the attention. And she could uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. Folks, coming up. We are going to talk about uh, the situation with alleys, the situation with the Christopher Columbus statue. The Globes had great coverage and also the Providence Police as well. It's all ahead with Ian McGowan right here on the John DePetro Show. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same day, text estimate 401 617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Soft Wash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. 
get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can jared did a fantastic job my neighbors are saying my goodness juan look how beautiful your house look it looks so clean my kid said daddy it's like the house got a bath i said it did get a bath from bethel certified soft wash text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years contact karen etchels at innovast digital marketing Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- four three nine sixty twenty eight yankee tree service yankee tree service.com what can they do they do it all tree trimming experts based right in lincoln tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today four three nine 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to touch on, and um, you guys wrote a um, good piece. I also just want to start, someone who's been, you know, he's out there. And when he speaks, I, I just think he speaks with such conviction. He is a force. Um, he has such a good presence about him. I'm talking about Rhode Island Attorney General Pina Narona. And what, what did you make of, uh, you covered the fact that he did a press conference and basically came out and is saying that they're going to they're going to handle police misconduct cases differently than they have in the past. And, you know, with when Peter Kilmartin was the AG, he was a former police officer, you know, under Patrick Lynch. He was really tight with a lot of the police. N- Nerona, he is just, you know, he continues to impress me. Just he marches by the beat of his own drum. He's former U.S. attorney. I thought this was a very proactive move that he made. I think so, too. And, it, and you know what it is, John? It's also something that, uh, you know, I think Peter Narona, the, the thing that he probably doesn't yet totally grasp about, uh, you know, it, you know, big game politics. But what makes it sort of refreshing is he, he has no interest in the, you know, the, the, the grandstanding and the sort of uh, the, the fighting with, you know, with things he can't control. Right. So you ask him about this law enforcement officer's bill of rights, right? That's the thing that's been in the news a lot. Uh, and he says, I'll be honest with you. I don't deal with it. Right. I don't, I, I don't have a bunch of employees who fall under it. Um, is it, you know, do, do I hear from police chiefs that are, that say it's a problem? Of course I do. Will I sit on a commission to study it? Yes, I will. 
but here are the things that I can actually do, right? And he says, uh, you know, the two, two big things that stood out to me are, number one, he wants to take on from the AG's office more yep. uh, misconduct cases. And you think, if, if you're kind of listening, you think, boy, why doesn't the attorney general already do that? But he explained this to me because I had the same question. He said, you know, a lot of times, if it's, if it's a relatively minor case, a simple assault, which can, can look really bad, right? On a body camera, it can look really bad. But at the end of the day, it can be a, a very basic thing. That's often handled from the local level. So the law, you know, the, the lawyer for Providence or the lawyer for any city or town, you know, will go through that process. And what he's saying now is I'd like to, you know, I want my office to have more of a role. It'll give us a little more kind of oversight over what happens in these misconduct cases. And then another thing that he said that really stuck out, I think it, uh, I, I think he uh, caught a little bit of pushback from it because I don't think he maybe necessarily wanted it to come out this way, but uh, he says he wants to end this process of, it's a little known process of kind of agreeing with local police departments to not prosecute somebody who might be in trouble, but it, it, you know, as long as they resign from the force. And this is something that happens, as you know, not just in police, right? This oh, is often yeah. in, in many unions, teachers come sure. to mind in this, firefighters. Yeah. Um, you know, the situation that politicians, right, right. That's a great example of, you know, you want to get rid of somebody for some reason and and maybe you don't want to go all the way. Maybe for whatever reason you think it, you, you could potentially lose. No one likes to lose. Um, and so you cut that deal. Um, you know, of course, this now has a, a ton of, attention because of everything that's happening in our country and it's reasonable i mean he said this look i think everybody should be treated roughly the same police officers shouldn't be treated any differently but they, they often they often are look there you know there are scenarios where they where they can yeah. leave the job get their pension and uh you know and never face any sort of crime potentially go into a you know another line of work security guard things like that uh, and what he's saying is, no, we want to hold po folks more accountable. And so that could be a very significant change in, in policy. And it's not something that has to go to the General Assembly. There are lots of things that lawmakers could, you know, tangle up and argue about for the next year or two years, however long. But these are things that if Providence wants to send more cases to the attorney general, they have every right to do it. Um, and, and, and they have done it in, in, in recent times. And so, and if, you know, if the AG's office says we're not going to cut those deals anymore, that's not a law. That's, that's nothing other than a policy change. And so I think it's really interesting that he's kind of taking a, a very proactive approach and one that, again, is in his lane. It's not just the grandstanding thing what that a lot of politicians the, um, do. A social media reaction from former Mayor Angel Tavares. Fascinating. And, and, and it's fascinating because Angel Tavares, who, who certainly, I, I think, in theory, would uh, uh, line up with folks who say, you know, you don't want to, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you want to police the police just as everybody else gets police, things like that. His take on this is, and, and I think he would tell you, I think, I, I think it, uh, whether it's him, Jorge Lorza, I think really any mayor in any, in any place in Rhode Island would say, you know, there are things you know when you take the job, and then there are the things that you learn on the first day or the second day of the job. I think Leobor, the, the Law Enforcement Officer's Bill of Rights, is something you come to learn, and you're completely blindsided by it, right? You, you see somebody do something wrong. And it's, again, you know, we were using Leobor because it's, it's, it's in the news. It's really with any of the unions. Somebody does something wrong, and you think, I want them off of our, you know, payroll. And then, you know, your chief of staff comes to you or your police chief or whoever says, that's eh, not how it works, Mayor. And, and I think what, what, what Angel Tavares' reaction to this was is, look, it's really nice to say that you're not going to cut these deals anymore. But sometimes if you're the chief of police in Providence, you really, really yeah. want to get someone off the force. And, you know, you, care, you don't care as much about whether or not they you know, face a, a fine or, 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 you know, even a, a short jail stint, you don't care as much as, as you just don't want them patrolling the streets for you. And I think Mayor Tavares was saying, you know, this is a, the, the, you have to be able to kind of have that discretion because there are times when, uh, when you have to make a tough decision and you want to push someone off. And, 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 uh, and so I think that was a take. 
Um, I'm sure they're talking behind the scenes. I know Angel Tavares and Peter Nerona are pretty good friends. And so uh, I was, I, it was fun to watch it play out on social media, but I, I, I was surprised. Dan McGowan, do you find Attorney General Peter Nerona, um, I just think he and Governor Raimondo are almost, they're just, and this isn't a slap towards anyone else, and forget about the Washington people for a moment, but just on a local level of state officers, I, I just see them, they're like in a league above everyone else. They're not only the way they comport themselves, the way they interact with the media, but on top of that, just the way they're staffed, both of them are just very talented leaders. And when, boy, when they have command of the room, they have command of the room. I think you're right, John. I, I think uh, uh, Peter Arona, you know, he is, is well trained in this, right? When you when you're the U.S. attorney, when you're the U.S. attorney, uh, you know, y- you have a lot of appearances in front of a lot of press. And the truth is, a lot of these guys don't ever get that you think about uh back what was it dur- during any of the, the two the last two governor's races you know alan fung's a great guy and it's it, been a very successful mayor of cranston it was noticeable though when it came yeah. time to be in front of all the reporters and when when your when your record is being scrutinized it's very it you know it, it, it's a different ball game i think peter i think peter narona you know has he's handled this for better or for worse for a really long time you know every time you're up there and you're facing questions about yep. you know, the latest mob bust or the, you know, Gordon Fox, things like that. You, you those repetitions, you and I have talked a lot yes. about this as the governor. Yep. Repetitions are what really matters. And, and I think, and I think he, he's been very successful. It's why I got to tell you, I mean, I know he continues mm. to rule out the idea of running for governor, but he continues to be a guy who, who seems to, um, you know, he seems to enjoy uh, you know, being, he's at least yes. very comfortable talking to the press. I think he's a very confident guy. He's clearly, like you said, he's very intelligent, all those things. He's got a lot of good assets. I know he says he doesn't want to do it, but you do wonder, you know, if he wouldn't just be kind of a, yeah. an excellent I even go candidate back to, for the he job. He had that press conference to explain why there'd be no charges with the White Detention Center. Not a lot of people would have done that. A lot of people would have been a press release at 4.30, 5 o'clock on a Friday no. afternoon. And just hope it dies over a, a long weekend. Folks, coming up, we are going to talk about uh, the Globe has a great story about the Rhode Island landscape and uh, some reminders of the slave trade. Uh, that we'll also find out Dan McGowan's feeling that baseball may not come back. And also the Ali saga plays out. It's all ahead right here with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and the John DePietro Show. I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DePietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield, Termite, and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today, Winfield, Termite, and Pest Control, 401-821-7800, online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield, Termite, and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust for your home. Call them today, 821 821- 7800. What can Winfield Termite and Pest Control do? Well, remove ants, termites, mice, cockroaches, any pest from your home, yard, business, or commercial property. For a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection, call Winfield Termite and Pest Control today. The team you can depend on. 821 7800. Now, listen, this is going to be a bad tick season, but it won't be. Or mosquitoes. Not if you call Winfield Termite and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren. Protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about protection i trust winfield termite and pest control to protect you your family your property your home and your business winfield termite and pest control call them today 821-7800 821-7800 winfield termite pest control rhode island's most dependable pest control service a family-friendly pest control professionals folks you're gonna love these guys you can trust call them today 821-7800 or online at winfieldpest.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. 
Perrin will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Kara Naturals at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class AB, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company, MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 from MEGA Professionals. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I like the fact that uh, you did have the situation with the Christopher Columbus statue, but Ed Fitzpatrick does have a good piece that, all right, maybe we don't have Confederate statues, but, you know, make no mistake about it. Rhode Island at one point uh, with the Brown family, Rhode Island certainly had its element of, uh, you know, they used to bring the slaves right up South Main Street, right underneath uh, being a port. And um, there are yeah. some remain- reminders of the slave trade in Rhode Island. Yeah, and this is one of those stories that that's really interesting. Obviously, it's quite timely given everything that's happening. And, and you know, I think sometimes we all get, uh, usually this comes, as you know, around Columbus Day, we usually, you know, we see the the statue either you know has paint thrown on it things like that and of course you know over the weekend uh there was a a similar version to that uh and i thought ed did a nice job of kind of stepping back and saying okay the columbus statue is one thing but take a look at some of the other you know the other issues there's a couple of schools in providence that you know have at least some the, the names tied to uh uh, you know, slave traders, Zick Hopkins is a good example. He did a nice job, I think, of, of, of summing up a, uh, you know, a, a difficult conversation and one that, you know, we're very, very kind of divided on. As you know, John, I mean, the, the state overwhelmingly voted against removing plantations from, yep. uh, you know, from the name of Rhode Island back in 2010. Um, but, you know, you, you're in this moment where, uh, you know, folks, I think, are both grasping at real substantive, you know, changes that, that they'd like to see, things like the Police Officers' Bill of Rights and other stuff like that. But there's, I think folks are also kind of looking for just a win, right? So, you know, li- certainly liberals are looking for just do something, right? Whether it's take down the statue of Columbus or if you change the name of a school, kind of things like that. I, I think they are kind of, uh, a re- I, I think we are going to start to see more kind of conversation about, um, what that looks like now does it at the end of the day does it actually affect you know real policy or real people no generally not but uh, it's clear that this has that everything that's happening in our country has kind of um you know just brought a lot of this sensitivity to the the, the spotlight and to the mainstream so I, think I think the quotes from Keith Stokes saying I mean, my God, it was the economy of Rhode Island at the time. And I, and yeah. I also think, um, boy, you know, I have seen that statue before, of, I think in Hopkins Square, whatever. And I never I had no idea that uh, that that was he was involved with the slave trade. But you go to Moses Brown, Moses Brown, a prominent B school on the east side. And, and they were involved with the right. slave trade. Um, so, you know, I, I think um, what I like about this, it also points out that some of the people that you don't just automatically throw it out and, and whether it be like a Keith Stokes saying, you know, it, it is part of the history. And if you want to highlight some of the people, that's one thing, but you don't just suddenly just start tearing everything down. And I also think Dan McGowan, Governor Raimondo was well, very right. much like, and I am, she said last Friday, and I am against any type of vandalism towards the Christopher Columbus statue. Yeah. yeah, she she couldn't have been more clear about that. You know, she she said she said, look, I'll, you know, I'm for you know they should put the plantations question back on the ballot, and I would vote 
you know, I would vote to remove it. But when it came to Columbus, you know, she 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 is not for uh, uh, that that vandalism. And that, that's, I think, a good message. You know, I think a lot of people out there hear, you know, again, the last two weeks, they hear her talking, you know, saying Black Lives Matter. They hear her supporting the protesters, obviously not wearing a mask, things like that. But she also does, she, you know, I, she it shows you that she is a, relatively reasonable person when she kind of steps back and she doesn't go as far as say, yeah, knock the, you know, you know, knock the statue over. And it's a little crazy that we're even, you know, believing that is, uh, you know, the reasonable view, but uh, she, she really shows that she's, she's not willing to go all the way on, on a lot of these kind of hardcore progressive, you know, moves. She, she's no, she's no. Definitely Kat not. And Dan McGowan, speaking of Providence, I mean, where is the city, Mayor Loiza, even even with this, uh, the the Columbus Day, the Columbus statue, and now even like today, you know, or excuse me, you know, uh, the whole situation with the body cams and the firefighter and so forth, he's kind of been off the scene. But where where is the city as far as the budget? Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're facing that same problem that that every city is in town is facing, which is just waiting and waiting for the state and then and of course the federal government. Luckily, look, Providence is going to be okay in the short term. They're doing this uh, um, work share program, which is like a furlough program where they're, you know, employee, they're going to save some money there. Employees will work three days a week rather than five. And there'll be a, you know, temporary reduction in what they're being paid. You know, I, I think he's trying to, you actually, to your credit, you spotted this weeks ago. Um, and, and, and at the time, I think I didn't give it as much credence, but you're right. He he kind of, uh, you know, he had the some of the blow ups around around the, the coronavirus and sort of having policy changes that conflicted with the governor. And I think he, he really has taken a step back. And, um, you know, he, he, the budget played a major role in it. He wanted to get all of that kind of set. And now that's in the, the hands of the city council. But he's definitely, you know, faded to the background. Um, you know, while the governor has kind of, you know, has, has clearly continued to, you know, be seen as the, the, the go-to person on all things coronavirus. And then, you know, the mayor took a step by, by yes. you know, hanging a Black Lives Matter flag when they, when they had the big protest. But he remember, I mean, this is a mayor who used to love having yeah. a press conference at the drop of a hat, d- didn't have a big press conference about it, even even when it comes to the, the firefighter, uh, you know, saga, where I know we'll talk about that, but the firefighter saga with the Providence police put out a statement, but didn't, and so he likes to have press conferences and he chose not to do that. Uh, he let the, the public safety commissioner kind of handle this. Uh, the only time we've seen him really in, in the last couple of after weeks, the is the day, that morning yeah. after uh, the riots, it's the only time we've seen him. And, he, and of course, you had to have a press conference for that. It was. And there were two things such he a mentioned. Big deal. One, he was not comfortable saying he was going to call in the National Guard. And he also didn't want to put in curfew. And Governor Mundo basically, whatever, behind the scenes or whatever, but overruled him. And both things happened. And there wasn't a repeat. Dan McGowan, right. speaking of that, and, and uh, Commissioner Perry, I give him credit. He handled the whole thing. He's trying to appease the situation with the firefighter and the police and this whole thing of racially profiled. He went out of his way. The public safety commissioners say he was not racially profiled and released the body cam footage. However, at the same time, he did discipline one of the police officers for shutting off his body cam. He said he didn't know why the firefighter kind of came out and said that other than he was traumatized by the whole thing. But he also alluded to the fact that he would just hope that the police and fire could kind of put this behind them and get together. Are you hearing that things are frayed as uh, as a result of this, yeah. Oh yeah, this is huge. I mean, and this is a as tense a time I think for for Commissioner Perry yeah. as probably he's experienced in in Providence, right? You know, he's he's been there right from the beginning with Angel Tavares, so he's now on his you know four uh, third term essentially, uh, uh, you know, doing this job. And you know, you and I talk about this a lot. That police department has been. Uh, really rock solid 100%. under under yep. Chief uh, Clements and and in his in his leadership they, they just have a very strong team they've had very few problems even when you know there's your your kind of standard around election season the you know the unions want to fight you know they had a fight with Angel Tavares they've had they fought with Jorge Alorza but it's it's been very low key and now he's got this situation where 
uh, you know, the commissioner is, I think, generally seen as uh, uh, he, he's generally seen as very pro-police, but with the internal dynamics of Providence are such that he's actually generally more aligned with the firefighters. He's always had uh, a pretty strong, even at the height of all that fighting with Jorge Alorza, there was always a back channel conversation between yeah. Stephen Perry and Paul Dowdy or Derek Silva, the, the new union president. Um, it, he's always gotten along and I, with the, that fire department. And so I think this is a, a, you know, this was a tough thing that he had to navigate. Um, I'll tell you, he, when I talked to him the night of that big protest, this was, this had just come out, you know, it just had been on, I think channel, on channel 12, the, the, the firefighter commissioner told me then that it didn't look like anything was going to, you know, come out of it. He, he said, he thought that the officer was, or the, the firefighter was, was scared and he wasn't going to question that. But it didn't look like the, the police, uh, you know, did anything necessarily wrong or certainly didn't racially profile. And I, I think uh, he turned out that that seems to be the case, but it, it does put a tense situation. And, you know, look, I think if you're the police union, you're, you're, you're saying, hey, we told you so. You know, we can't you can't take back the fact yeah. that you just called our officers racists. Um, and, and, you know, in the, this tense spotlight. Um, you know, I, I understand why they feel uh, why they're upset. Um, and then on the on the flip side of it is, I mean, we have talked about this before. I mean, the, the firefighter we can't we can't uh, get inside the, the firefighter's head. It's entirely possible that he was legitimately concerned and didn't like the way he was treated. Just wasn't racial profiling, according to the commissioner. And so it's hard to bring people together in that case because in some ways both people won, right? Um, or both people, one is strong, but, but both people certainly, they had the outcome that they kind of expected. And so uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to navigate when you're the public safety commissioner and you kind of have to see both branches of public safety. Uh, it's a very tense time, I think. Uh, somebody joked to me that their, uh, their hockey game, annual hockey game is not no. going to go very well between the Providence firefighters. The one that they blame is not that firefighter, but they blame Silva, who's the new head of the union, saying that he gave the blessing for it. That's and right. And, uh, you know, he kind of backed it up uh, that night. And I did notice, by the way, on the um, Zoom call that we had with Commissioner Perry and Emily Cromwell and then uh, Lindsay from the police, I like to scroll through, just kind of peruse who else is there. And I see Derek Silva, head of the union, and his <laughs> wife, who's a very talented PR person, Ariana Crenty. They didn't say anything. Uh, they're not members of the media, but they were on the call and they wanted to listen to everything. And maybe, I don't know if they were, we could have asked them questions, but I also found that interesting because I didn't see any other police on the call other than it was uh, Lindsay with the with the PR, with the police, and then also the spokesperson, excuse me, and then also, um, and then Commissioner Perry. Dan McGowan, do you, will there be baseball this summer? Boy, it, it certainly, if you were to ask me a week ago, they, you know, I think the commissioner of baseball said 100%. And then, you know, I'm reading all these stories in the globe and obviously nationally where they say there's a real chance that it doesn't happen. Um, you know, I have no, no inside knowledge of this other than I just, I really like baseball and I love baseball. I hope that there oh. is some version of a season, uh, yeah. not the short, the shorter, the better in some ways it makes it, you know, you get right to it. Uh, but it's certainly, I mean, my colleagues at the Globe keep reporting that it doesn't look very good. Uh, and I think it's true that it, it, it potentially will be devastating if, if uh, you know, if the entire year is, is lost. Because I think young people are already kind of losing interest in the game. And I think older people, you remember, not to call you old, John, but you remember the 94 strike. I mean, the, the people lost their appetite for baseball. They were very unhappy uh, with with a, a season canceled due to what you know, a missed really opportunity. Just a money the nation fight. is dying for live, unscripted competition. Take everyone's mind off the trouble and dis uh, civil unrest, and still no baseball. Dan McGowan, folks. Each day I start my day. I uh, check my email, and boom, there it is. An email from Dan McGowan and Roadmap. I want to extend that to everyone. Dan McGowan, how can people get it? Yeah, every single day, uh, every single weekday, uh, uh, we send out a free, uh, you know, daily news email. It's called Roadmap. Uh, it comes out before 8 a.m. So, you, you know, you could stumble out of bed and just read it very quickly. If you just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com, you don't have to do anything else. I'll know where it's coming from. rinews at globe.com. 
Uh, you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow. And, and it's going to give you, a, a, you know, some original reporting from me, kind of a, a roundup of the best stories that are in the globe. Uh, and then the, the, the rundown of what's happening, the governor's press conference, where's Congressman Cicilline today? What's the mayor doing? Uh, and so it's a perfect way to kind of start your morning. You get four or five minutes of, of sometimes entertaining, sometimes political news, sometimes some business news. And um, again, it costs nothing. So if you just send a blank email to rinews Folks, at rinews.com, you'll start getting it Tim tomorrow. McGowan, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Have a good one, John. Remember, for your business, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. MEG, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour Mobile Service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025, Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line, Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. It's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Right at the top, click on the Listen Live. Well, the story out of New York that initially broke saying that some uh, New York City police officers, that someone put bleach in their shakes at Shake Shack, um, they're saying now that they don't believe that that is the case that instead that somehow they weren't cleaned properly there were uh, some new york city uh, police officers that were i think they were actually working a protest in lower manhattan right at uh, lower broadway and fulton street which is actually not far from well it's right down in the wall street area and it's actually not far from ground zero uh but what i think is frightening even if this now proves to be false uh that this did not happen with this shake shack and they're trying to get to the bottom of it what I think is frightening is the fact, folks, of the reaction that went out online when uh, the story broke that they believed that three New York City police officers had been poisoned. Someone put bleach in it. The comments online are frightening. The fear of copycat is real. We have disintegrated into very dangerous territory right now where people are being cheered at the possibility you should see the comments online. Wow, what a great idea. I work in such and such a place. We're going to do that. Boy, this is the solution. Maybe we should have, here's another comment. Here, maybe we should all do it on one day. Something has to be done. This is atrocious what is going on with law enforcement. This is terrible. You don't poison police. What has happened? We have fall, fallen into a third world country. Police uh, you know, should there be police reform? Uh, you know, yes, 
obviously, and, and, and that is being looked at. But we don't do it in this type of way. People cheering on. There's something wrong with people that feel that that would be justified. And you watch. This is what's going on. Throwing things at police, that's tolerated. Now trying to poison police. Folks, we can't have a society where this is being celebrated. Those that are encouraging that need to be called out. And, and what a lot of people also don't identify is this was one of the criticisms of Black Lives Matter when it first came about was because of and colin kaepernick you know no one talks about the fact that he was wearing those socks that had um you know the head of a pig in a police uniform and uh you know the in the in 2015 when black lives matter really started to show up on the national um uh you know national landscape uh there there a lot of those demonstrations they were beyond anti-police they were preaching violence and like kill the police now you haven't heard that as much you do see it with some of the signs you do see it a lot of the protests i've talked about on this show how the local media they won't they ignore it they pretend you know i demonstrated that last week that there was a demonstration in south kingstown and the local reporter was like what a beautiful peaceful demonstration showed a little boy sitting on a rock holding a sign and what they don't show you is behind that is people with very vulgar anti now it goes beyond anti-police they want harm to police they use obscene language regarding the police they want to you know i, I don't even want to say it like kill the police the media has an obligation to report that i had a back and forth with one of those anchors at channel six who basically said we have the right to pick what picture we want to show excuse me that that's not your job you're supposed to show a reflective if there are signs at a rally or a protest and they are vulgar or they're obscene or they're encouraging violence towards in this case the police you absolutely have an obligation to show that and report that well we can't show vulgarity i i get that then you black it out and show people just how obscene it is that you can't even show it but you're misrepresenting what's happening by putting forth this narrative that there's a little boy sitting there on a rock holding a sign of that that's not an accurate depiction of what was going on at this god they were in love with the phrase the peaceful rally i don't know where this came from uh but this is frightening time folks i i stand with police Policemen and women, they need our support. I feel terrible for their families. Um, they are uh, so, so many times they're so involved in the community, both uh, policemen and women. They do the right things. And, uh, and this has to come to an end. Of, uh, and this business now of uh, poisoning their food is disgraceful. This, to me, goes into the area of domestic terrorism. It does. I'm John DePietro. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on on MEGA, M-E-G-A Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.